0: hey everybody welcome to another episode of cannabis tech talks you are chopping it up with chuck i'm the editor-in-chief with cannabis and tech today and we are very excited uh to have a special guest for you we have the ceo and founder of puffco roger Volodarsky. roger how are you doing well thank you guys for having me Hey, thanks a lot for joining us. We uh we always appreciate having uh having people that are so so creative and inventive in the industry and uh I guess you'd have to say um you guys are pretty uh pretty inventive over there at Puffco.
1: Yeah, we 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 definitely try. I, I would I would I would say that we're definitely innovation chasers and and it's what we enjoy doing daily.
0: Yeah. And you guys are uh, you guys are kind of like mad scientists behind the scene, always, uh, you know, working on new innovations and bringing new things out to the uh, uh, to the to the cannabis industry and to the consumers themselves. I was just curious, um, who came up with the name Puffco?
1: Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, Puffco, (laughs) that that was me. Um, I I it's funny to think back to the ignorance of an early stage entrepreneur and like the decisions you make that you would never make once you kind of go through things. But, um, I bought Puffco.com with 1200 bucks that I borrowed from my mom. And that was, I believe, because dabco wasn't available. I did this before I incorporated uh-huh. anything and yeah, it was just an available site. I was going through a list of a bunch of names and Puffco was the only one that was available. And I actually have to say that early stage, I really didn't like the name. You know, like I'm a <laughs> New Yorker. We don't really say Puff a lot. Yeah, like We're not like, let's go have a Puff. It's just not, not a thing we say. And for a while, I was like, I I need to change this. We're going to get big at a certain point and then I won't be able to. And then we got big and... Now the name is just, you know, synonymous with this great experience and I don't think it's ever going to change now. Um, but yeah, I ended up just buying puffco.com for with 1200
0: bucks, which I feel like is very expensive for that name. Um, yeah, yeah, That's <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome, life. though. Uh, and this was uh, what, like about uh, 2013? Yes, I believe this was in 2013.
1: Maybe it was at the very end of 2012. We incorporated in March of 2013, and and the website was purchased a few months before that.
0: That's uh, that's crazy. That's almost a decade ago. Does it feel like that long? Yeah. Yes and no. You know, it feels like just
1: yesterday this was all a dream, and then in the same breath it feels like we have been doing this forever. but yeah, seven years, and I, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the ten-year point. It's something I I wouldn't have even dreamt that I would be doing this for two to three years. So to be doing it for seven, and to have the products we do and the community that we have,
0: uh, it, it it truly it has been a dream. I like the fact that you said community because, um, I notice that people seem to have a relationship with Puffco people that use Puffco products are people that, um, you know, especially like influencers or other media people or whatever, they really do feel like they're part of a community, I think. And that Puffco is synonymous with that. Is that, uh, is that, is that important to you? And was that something that was kind of intentional? Absolutely. You know, I don't know if it was necessarily intentional,
1: but Mm -hmm. Puffco is a community driven company and not because we see communities as a great source of revenue, because we're community members. We're a company full of dabbers and cannabis users and obsessives, and we obsess over our own experience. If if there's any, if anyone is going to call us innovative, it comes from the fact that we're always looking to better our own experience with cannabis. And what we found over time is that that can represent a lot of people's needs, but we are community members. I, especially with the peak, the peak kind of embodies technology. It embodies a maker community of people that are making accessories as soul artists or individuals from their homes. And it it embodies the pipe community. And these are communities we have been a part of forever. I'm a huge fan of, glass art and functional art and glass pipes whatever whatever you want to call it um and so for us when we see those people engaging with us we immediately engage with them because we're fans of what they're doing and what we found with puffco is that we are all obsessed with a very similar experience and very similar things between art and technology and experience and so as this community started to develop it didn't feel like it's developing around our company, it felt like it was developing around us, that we're just one of these people that are all like, hell yeah, this is a great experience. We love this. How can we make it better? Please challenge us and allow us to challenge you and what your experience can be in the future. And so us being community-driven is, uh, I think some companies take it as a marketing ploy of just a way to reach people. Uh But for us, it's something that just happened to us because we're obsessed and that's attracted a lot of like-minded
0: people. Isn't it interesting that, uh, you know, of all the industries out here, I think cannabis is one where you can't really talk about cannabis without community and without art and technology. Like you just said there, like they just kind of all go together like, uh, you know, like they just fit perfectly. They, they, You almost have to have those elements or you're missing something.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll make a bold statement. And this is somebody that <clears throat> I am somebody that's been reading and gadget since i was 16 years old and i was a big fan of like early cellular technology like i was really into blackberries and i had a lot of opinions on the iphone when it came out cannabis is the most innovative space i have ever seen the collective of individuals chasing innovation is unlike anything else you don't see as let's talk about um flower just like dry flower cannabis. This Uh is something that gets better year over year over year. And then when concentrates and hash come along, it gets better year over year. There's a new consistency every year. There's a new way to make the products better. For hash, they started freeze drying the hash to avoid any mold developing. For growers, they're making sure that the plants that they're growing have resin, the, the trichomes on the plant that can be easily captured through extraction. And then when you get to consumption, It's a whole other game. There's thousands of glass artists that are making different ways to vaporize your oil. And as soon as they see somebody innovate in one area, somebody else is like, ah, that's cool, but it should be this. And so every inch, an inch forward happens every single day in the cannabis space, no matter what area you look at, legalization, stigma, quality, production, consumption, There's nothing else like it. So for an innovator, which is kind of hard to call myself because I wasn't that until I stepped into this, into this game, it's the most inviting community to be a part of because everybody is obsessed with moving forward with no plan of becoming a millionaire or reaching success, just with the satisfaction of holding something in your hand that you believe in. I don't know that there are any other industry with as many individuals like that.
0: Um, So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like a new world being discovered. You know, if you picture like, like throughout history, you know, uh, uh, landing on an Island and going out there and cataloging like, like animals that have never been seen birds and lizards and stuff like that. We literally are just scratching the surface on all of the, uh, you know, the research and the experimentation and the innovation that's going on here because for so long it was underground or it, it, it wasn't allowed. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, we're moving at, uh, we're moving at warp speed with lots of cool new stuff and discoveries. And, uh, it definitely makes it probably the most exciting time to be involved in cannabis. So Roger, let me ask you this. What, what inspires you? Um, what, what gets your juices going to create and innovate? Are you just naturally a problem solver or are you one of those people that, um, you know, like you get in genius mode and you, and you, you just start coming up with ideas, uh, to provide better products and things like that.
1: Um, you know, I I definitely don't know that I'm a genius. One thing that some of my employees and coworkers have described, um, has been that I just don't settle. I have a hard time settling on experience. I remember when my, uh, executive assistant walked in with me to a coffee shop and I got a cup of coffee and I took one sip and it was like, disgusting, threw it in the trash, walked right out, went on with my day without a coffee. And he was like, I've never quite seen anyone, try something and just throw it out because it didn't suit their needs. And I'm a big believer in trying to avoid sunk costs just because I spent money or time on something. If it sucks, does not mean that I want to continue my misery. And so for us, we're looking at the spaces that specifically concentrates as the best expression of cannabis ever and extremely hard to use. If you remove the peak or any of our products, you're stuck using a torch, a nail, potentially an email, which is a little bit easier, but no mm-hmm. less intimidating. And for us, we want to, you know, one of the best parts of cannabis is consuming with your friends. And when you're pulling out a torch and all this crazy tech and going through this intense process and then giving somebody an intense high, it's tough to pull people into that. And so for us, we just never wanted to settle on concentrates are something that you use to get really high, they're really intense, and that is the end of that experience. That is not where we thought it should be. We think it is the best form specifically because you can take a dab, as I do daily, Mm -hmm. and you can go on with your day and you're buzzing and you're creative and you're not tired and you're not necessarily slow like you would be if you had consumed a joint or a pipe or anything else. And for us, the opportunity, not the business opportunity, the user opportunity to be able to consume something in a way that you can share with others and would get them activated into believing, and seeing this vision that you see of a way to consume that others aren't hip to yet. That's what drives us. And it's purely experience-based. It's not really... Innovating for the sake of innovating or adding a bunch of features because you know more Mm -hmm. features more sales. It's what is missing from what we're currently experiencing today. And how do we make sure that is a part of the future that's accessible to everyone. and so, yeah, I wouldn't call, I mean, we have a lot of geniuses at Puffco. I do not know that I am one of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I like where you're going with this here because the experience, everybody's experience is so different um, um, with cannabis. And, you know, uh, I'll just give you an example. Um, you know, I, I, I like sativa. I'm a, I'm a kind of a sativa guy. I feel like I get creative, you know, and sometimes I can get in that, you know, genius mode where you got the whiteboard and you're going to town and you're coming up with these great ideas. And as long as I can read my writing the next day, then we've really, really done some good work. Um, But also I've noticed that I've gotten, you know, sometimes with the really high THC sativas, I, I can get kind of paranoid. And, uh, and 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 I don't really like that feeling too much. But I heard you know Joe Rogan talking about how he appreciates that. Um, that that experience that he gets from the cannabis because it kind of keeps his ego in check, and so if he's you know if he's feeling a little bit paranoid, maybe he's looking back and thinking you know how did I handle that situation or how did I talk to that person or whatever. So he kind of he kind of opened my eyes to the fact that you know one person's paranoid is another person's ego check, and it really is kind of a personal experience. You know how you, how you consume the cannabis, how you enjoy it, and uh, and I think that's uh, I, th- I think that's really cool. That That you guys are in tune with that
1: yeah i mean i i definitely agree with him i this is actually something that started happening to me later in life i've been smoking cannabis since i was a very young man i would say arguably too young to mention and i never really got paranoid i never and i smoked a lot i would consume (laughs) i mean as much as i could and it would never push me to a place that you're describing And then I got into my 30s and I started finding that, oh my God, if I consume enough, I might panic. And I very clearly remember the first moment where I I smoked too much. And I started thinking, well, shit, what if I had a heart attack? For I don't know why that thought popped into my head, but it did. And then I started panicking about potentially having a heart attack. I had never experienced anything like this before. And since then, this has become a regular thing. Specifically happens to me when I smoke a joint. Doesn't really happen to me when, I, when I'm using concentrates. And the relationship I've developed with it after that fear and discomfort was over with is that it's going to point my mind at things that require attention. And that it require attention because, like Joe said, I might have messed up and said something I shouldn't have and I want to think about it or it might require attention because I have something poorly framed in my mind right now and Mm -hmm. revisiting that with fresh eyes might make me see you should have done things a different way or there were other opportunities here and it really helps you grow yourself in the same way that I believe psychedelics do. Um, That being said, there's one thing that I want to put out there that may not be a popular school of thought. And that is that I believe there are very few Uh, straight sativas and straight Indicas. They're full sativa and full Indicas out there. Almost all strains are hybridized because that's just how we get to great cannabis and so almost all strains are hybrids and so when we find that one is giving us anxiety, I'm getting this from things that are both classified as Indica and sativa and I'm only mentioning that because I think if there are people out there that believe you know, sativas just get me too crazy and Indicas don't do that I would ask them to kind of enter that relationship with cannabis with new eyes, because certainly some strains can do it while others will not. I don't believe it is directly linked to sativa versus indica. And I only bring it up because I believe that the more we all agree upon our experience with cannabis, the more we can mold it to serving us. Um, But I'm not a scientist or, you know, In genetics or anything, I just a while ago stopped specifically shopping based on which category it fell into because it felt like there was much more of a spectrum than just those two things.
0: Absolutely. And I think that that's an important distinction. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because everybody's different our bodies yeah. are all different we respond differently to different things especially with something like cannabis and so one you know what what make might make one person uh, you know, feel, feel, uh, uh, creative might make another person feel paranoid might make another person feel sleepy. Um, so I, I think that it it is definitely, we're all different and our bodies are going to react differently based upon our biochemistry and, and what's going on and the way our brains are wired too. Um, but I think a lot of it does have to do with the situation, the setting, the people that you're around. Cause I can tell you firsthand, Um, smoking sativa and watching pandemic news late at night is a recipe for disaster. That's a bad
1: move. That's not, I, I think we all learned pretty, I reduced my cannabis use the first two weeks of quarantine significantly. I was going to it for relief and to get a good perspective, but I have this propensity to panic if I, if I smoke a joint and I was panicking those first two weeks. I, I, yeah, so I I definitely agree. Jumping too deep into pandemic news or looking at what's going on in this world while in that state um, might might lead you where you don't want to be.
0: I know, and why is it we always go to the heart attack first? That's the same thing. I'm always like, oh, man, they're going to find me. They're not going to be able to get me cause of Corona, and it's my heart. It's got to be my heart. My heart's beating so fast. That's funny that uh, that that seems to be like always the first place you go is is the uh, the heart attack, yeah, I mean, panic feels like it happens in your chest usually, right? And mm-hmm. if
1: if you know I, i'm I'm depending on how old you are, you'll either consider me old or young. But as soon as I hit 30, I sort of calling myself an old man. And once you're calling yourself an old man or well, a heart attack is a part of the picture of potentially being an old man. So I, it's, it is one of those paranoid thoughts. I don't let myself go there anymore. Like I I've been through <laughs> enough of them that I'm like, Oh, I've survived the other 30 times this has happened. So I'm pretty sure I'll be okay. And I just kind of talk myself through it harder to do in the middle of a pandemic while
0: watching anything relating to it um, yeah. absolutely okay well, we got to take a quick break right now we're going to give a shout out to one of our sponsors but when we come back uh i want to talk to you just a little bit more about you know vaping um dabbing i want to find out you know what who is who is a dabber who's the person that dabs what do you think about the future of vaping is is it still strong is uh you know we had a uh you know kind of a vaping crisis a couple of years ago so i want to ask you kind of what uh what you think the state of the state is as far as how people are consuming moving forward and of course um talk about puffco and some of the uh you know maybe some of the new stuff that you guys have coming out or some of your products as well and we'll do that in just one second after we take a quick break Today's episode of Cannabis Tech Talk is brought to you by STM Canna, your source for some of the best tech in the cannabis industry, including the Rocket Box, a commercial grade machine that can roll 453 pre rolls in 3 minutes, far faster than any other pre roll machine on the market. And the Revolution, the STM Revolution is the world's most advanced commercial grinder processing over 400 pounds of flour daily. Visit stmcanna.com to learn more. That's www.stmcanna.com to learn more. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cannabis Tech Talks. You're chopping it up with Chuck, and we are here with the CEO and the founder of PuffCo, Roger Volodarsky. How are you, Roger? Doing well, thanks. All right, cool. I I promised everybody I wanted to find out from you. So I'm not a big dabber. I'm uh um I've dabbed. I've uh, smoked flour. Um I'm I'm kind of an edibles guy. I find that that's a nice easy, you know, way for me to get where I want to get. Um what what would you how would you describe dabbing for somebody that has uh has never dabbed before?
1: So dabbing to me is Honestly, a different relationship With cannabis It's not it, It's not something that you use To escape the world Which is mm-hmm. usually what I used to turn to cannabis for It's an enhancer Of the world And so if you're you know If you have to work and stuff It might be a little bit challenging to work I wouldn't advise that you take a dab And just like step into the office Unless maybe mm-hmm. you're, you're me It's part <laughs> of your job um, But let's say you want to get creative, you're doing housework, you're engaged in anything that requires your attention and your intent, it speaks to that type of experience. And there's a reason why I believe it, it is actually doing that. So when you're smoking a joint, you're consuming all of the cannabinoids in that joint. When you're dabbing, <clears throat> What happens is you're actually left with some oil when you're done. Once you're, you're pretty much fully vaporized, almost everything in your bowl, mm-hmm. you'll notice there's like this black, tarry-looking stuff remaining. That stuff is chock-full of CBN. And CBN is a byproduct of THC. You're consuming it when you smoke a joint. It can make you sleepy. It can make you hungry. It can make you tired. That's kind of what it does. Those are my least favorite parts of the cannabis experience. When dabbing, I can still consume everything, even the stuff remaining in the bowl, I could just finish it off if that's my desire. But what I choose to do is leave it behind. And what that does for me is it allows me to engage with everything around me and whatever I am currently involved in without being sleepy and tired and a little bit forgetful. And so dabbing is an experience that is similar to cannabis but without the parts that kind of end your day. Um, And I often find, especially on the weekends or days where I'm not heavy lifting, I start dabbing pretty early um, because it just makes everything better. I love my coffee more. I love staring at nature more. I'll enjoy reading a book or losing myself in a show. And I'm not in and out of attention. I'm full on engaged. And so dabbing to me, if people are comparing cannabis to alcohol, dabbing to me is more like coffee than it is like
0: alcohol. That, that makes sense. And uh, I, to go back to, uh, they asked uh, Joe Rogan, when, do, when does he like to consume cannabis? And I thought it was pretty funny. He said, uh, before I do stand-up, he said, um, when I do jujitsu, and he said, when I'm going to eat delicious food. <laughs> and I thought, that's a that's a pretty good way to go. I don't know if I could work out. I, I don't know if I've tried it you know working out on on cannabis um but uh I know a lot of people do and i know that uh you know a lot of them you know there's athletes out there that uh that that tout the benefits and everything like that um do you do you work out yes yeah, yeah i actually uh, during quarantine i i i actually uh had
1: an injury just before quarantine, so i spent my first six weeks or five weeks not working out but in that time i've gotten just a little bit of equipment in the home and i'm back to working out anywhere from four to five days a week i actually not not that i disagree i mean the human experience is a spectrum but for me when when i smoke before going into the gym i am i want to call myself lethargic um but my intensity is knocked down a tad and for the type of workout that I do, intensity is really important. Like I can't I can't be lazy for a second. I'm I'm doing Zoom training um mm-hmm. w- with with a professional. And anytime they see me slow down, they're like, you need to pick it back up. And I couldn't imagine doing that on cannabis. Now, post workout, my God, I mean it 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 makes all the hell you've just been through for the past <laughs> hour totally worth it. It feels like the world's biggest relief to be done with that, consume a little bit. It feels like almost a new type of high of what's being released in your body between all the workout you were just doing Mm -hmm. and consuming the cannabis. But I don't disagree with Joe. I actually know a lot of people that do smoke before they work out and actually before they do jujitsu. That just hasn't specifically worked for me and the way I like to work out
0: we're we're kind of cut from the same cloth Roger I I don't uh <laughs> I don't think I would have that intensity but you're right afterwards your endorphins are flowing and then you know when you combine it with that I feel like it's a really really nice reward uh you know for for when I do make it to the gym um do you think that the future is bright for alternative ways of consumption um I think it can be um I think if the industry
1: is driven by consumer-focused brands, Mm -hmm. then yes, absolutely. If it's driven by margin and commoditizing the plant, I don't think so. I think one of the best parts of what Puffco does is we open up a way for people to have the best experience possible. And that best experience possible isn't just because of the hardware. The hardware can't take bad flavored cannabis and make it taste good. But if there's something that is moderately good, it will give you a great experience. And so I believe for for the future to be as bright as we want it to be, what we want to see at the top of that industry are companies and leaders that look like us, that talk like us, that enjoy the same experiences that we enjoy. And if you have people coming in that, let's say, you know, formerly was an executive at Taco Bell and they're trying to drive processes to reducing the price of cannabis, the space is going to get really boring quickly. I mean, the way iPhone and Apple changed the world was not by entering a segment and making it cheaper uh, than, than Nokia. They leveled up the experience and hoped that users would justify the cost because of the experience they gained from that. That's the bright future that I see where people have things to be excited about that level them up and how they're using. And if it's just cost driven, I think any industry that is cost driven is not very innovative.
0: Yeah. And, and by the way, uh, you know, we've only got a few more minutes here, but uh, I just wanted to touch on, you know, obviously, while we're recording this right now, we're still, you know, kind of in the middle. We've, we've got a global pandemic going on right now. There's a lot of uncertainty with regard to events. Um, you know, cannabis has been deemed essential. And so, you know, obviously, it's got it's got a bright future and everything like that. But what are you seeing that's, uh, you know, is there anything you're seeing right now that's inspiring you or that you find, uh, you know, makes you feel good about the industry or about maybe some some things that you're seeing behind the scenes uh, during this, this kind of chaotic time?
1: Yeah, I would say that the relationship between government and cannabis, I wouldn't call it as inspiring as I would call it validating. And being a stoner for most of my life, um, I think there was a lot of stigma put on me and my preferences and how I like to enjoy things and I felt like a bit of a black sheep most of my life. Even creating a company in New York when we were trying to hire people, there were a lot of no's and specifically because this is the industry that we're in and people don't want to throw their careers in the trash. The government saying this is an essential service and hearing we work with some lobbyists just for the sake of kind of knowing what's going on in the country and like how government may shift or lean into their perspective on cannabis. And what we're hearing is that they're actually going to be fast tracking legalization in a lot of States once people get back to work. And the reason for that is because they need tax revenue and they need jobs. And so Mm -hmm. for me, it's really validating to have been a part of this industry, but also just as a consumer that has been ostracized by society for enjoying something that harms no one. Well, now this thing that they used to put us down for, is one of the things that's going to help us get back on our feet as a country. And that's fucking inspiring. That is really cool that, that we now get to be a part of a better story. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to forget what got us here, but I'm, I'm quite happy about that. Seeing them starting to release some prisoners from jail, um, for the sake of Corona, because they're in there for cannabis, it feels like there is a shift really happening. And I know we all thought that when legalization happened, but Mm -hmm. we hadn't seen some of the wrongs righted when legalization started to happen. And now I feel like in this shifting world, we may be entering a new era where what we do is truly normal. Normal meaning that like we're no worse than an alcohol user that we can consume in places where alcohol can be consumed, that we're just another thing that people use to enjoy life. So that that has been, if there's anything nice about what's going on, it's cool to see cannabis become a hope for a better future, um, opposed to something that was dragging down society.
0: It, it absolutely and really stepping up you know cannabis stepping up to do its part to help during this like you said tax revenue jobs uh you know uh, relief for people medicine everything like that i think it's i think it's really really cool to see this maturation if you will um and to be a part of it you know real time everything that's happening um one last question do you have a do you have a feeling uh, just kind of a gut feeling i know that they're talking about um obviously they've been talking about National legalization forever. Um, we've also heard some of the candidates talk about decriminalization. Um, do you have a gut feeling one way or the other on which would be better? I think some people say that uh, legalization comes with all kinds of, um, you know, contingencies and, and rules and stuff like that. And decriminalization would make it, you know, like like lettuce or something like that. Do you have a, a gut feeling either way on which uh, which way you think things might go or which would be better for the industry?
1: I, I, I don't. And that's mainly because our political climate today, I think, has never, never been crazier. Um, I, I just saw an article that I think Joe Biden is now saying that he's open to cannabis and, and rolling out some legislation, but he's been a hard no on it for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of legalization. You know, I won't say I'm a fan of legalization. I'll say I'm a fan of safe access. I want yeah. people to have safe access to cannabis and if it is legalized and the laws serve the people instead of the corporations then i think it will be great and everybody wins but when we look at what's going on in california with legalization it seems like the black market is doing pretty well here and that's mm-hmm. because they tax every stage of the manufacturing and distribution process And that leads to an extremely high cost to the user for something that is not as good of quality as you will see in the black market. And so if they don't get legalization right, all they're doing is keeping the black market healthy. And my hope is that legalization works so well that everybody in the black market now has a legal opportunity in the new world. And so I'm all for decriminalization. Nobody should be in jail for something that is deemed an essential business. But when it comes to legalization, we have to hold our government to serving us. That is what they're there for. And if they're going to make something that enriches corporations, that is strictly tax focused, you're going to have a failed state where there's a lot of money being generated, but there's no progress. And so I I hope legalization happens. I I need decriminalization to happen just as a human being that wants to feel safe and free in this world. But my hope for legalization is that it serves us.
0: That's a man. Well said. Well said, my friend. Well, listen, we've uh, we've come to the end of Cannabis Tech Talks here. Um, You want to give a uh, let our audience know where they can uh, they can find out more about Puffco, uh, how they can reach out to you. This is a great opportunity to uh, to give a shout out if you'd like.
1: Sure. Yeah, uh, our website is puffco.com. You can see everything we make there. Our community that we discussed earlier is very heavily on Instagram where they're engaged with us in our comments and using our hashtag. Our Instagram is just puffco, P U F F C O. And I also regularly engage
0: with our community through my personal Instagram and that is jolly roger, r o g e r. Awesome. And that is uh, puffco.com that is that website that you bought for 12 hundred dollars eight years ago i think it was a pretty good uh it was a pretty good buy my friend Yep, yep. With, with mom's money so thanks mom you helped make it all happen shout out to mom dukes and uh listen roger it has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you um come back anytime you want i hope to see you at one of these events here real soon uh once we once we get back to having events and things like that going on here absolutely thank you so much gentlemen i appreciate it Okay, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. Um, If you enjoyed this episode, uh, do us a favor and go ahead and hit the like button. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends. And just like Roger said, uh, make sure you stay involved in the conversation on social media. Um, You can find Canatech Today pretty much on any of the social media platforms. And that way you can stay involved with the conversation. Uh, With that being said, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you on the next episode of Cannabis Tech Talks. (laughs) I'm <laughs> sorry.